everybody and welcome to the podcast dog mom mentality where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions my name is caroline and i am here to be your virtual dog mom bestie and i have my furry friend here layla and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being if you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog then this is the podcast for you it's the first week of february a new month happy february y'all It is the perfect opportunity for you to take a moment and check in with yourself, check in with your dog, check your relationship with your dog, and check your relationship with yourself. So for me in January, it was a little hectic, and I didn't get much sleep, and so this month I am aiming to get at least seven hours of sleep every night, and... Even though it was hectic, I was working on things that I'm really passionate about, really excited about, and I'll I'll get to that in a bit, but I also ended up having COVID. So I know on the last episode, I was like, I'm feeling sick, I'm feeling bad, Bobby's feeling bad, but I don't think we have COVID. Well, shocker, we did. We had Coco, and it was a, it wasn't a bad experience like we weren't that sick until he got slammed with it on like Wednesday and Thursday and then I got slammed on it Friday and Saturday so we were really bad off for two days each luckily they weren't the same two days so while he was really bad I could take care of him and then while I was really bad he could take care of me so it was like a swap situation which was really nice But then on the days that we felt crappy, but not like we were dead inside, we watched a lot of TV. We had some really good bonding moments together. It was kind of nice, actually. And we've both had a bit of residual cough and brain fog ever since. But it was so strange that after I had COVID, I had all of this energy. Like, I did not want to sleep ever. So there were nights that I was just up working until 3 a.m. because I could not sleep. I was so awake and alert. And even the next day, I would wake up at 7, 8 a.m. and I wouldn't be tired. It was crazy. It was was actually really crazy. And I'm still kind of feeling that way. Like I have a lot of energy. But I know that if I go too many days with only five hours of sleep, I will be a zombie and a mess. And so... That's why I'm making it a priority to be preventative and get those seven hours of sleep every night, even if I'm not tired. So it's a lot of putting my phone away a a couple hours or trying to put it away a couple hours before bed. Um, But we all know how that works because TikTok and Instagram just basically rule our lives. And so it's something that I have to be really mindful of or else I will slip down a slippery path and be on Instagram and TikTok for all the hours. But one of the things that I was working on whenever I was up and alert and had all this energy was this project that I have been dreaming about since mid to late November, I think is whenever I first had the idea. And I officially announced it on Instagram, so I will be talking about it on here too. 
So I am in the process of developing and publishing a journal catered specifically to dog owners and their emotions with and around their dog. It is going to be a collection of self-guided reflections that are going to touch on a lot of the big emotions and big feelings that you have about your dog, good and bad. So it will work through some of the tough emotions like for when you are feeling frustrated or embarrassed or guilty, but it's also going to have a lot of positive emotions in there too, like when you feel joy with your dog or when you went on a really good adventure with your dog and you feel happy about it and you feel courageous or you feel like you accomplished something big and that you feel empowered. It's really going to give you a space to have those big feelings and and really point out some of those feelings that maybe you normally would have just glossed over or would have put to the side to move on with your day. But those feelings are important. They're there for a reason. They're trying to tell you something. And so it's going to give you a, a space and a guide to feel those emotions and reflect on them point out some of the things that you maybe wouldn't have thought about if you wouldn't have sat down and and took the time to reflect on it. And hopefully you'll come out with a more positive mindset and more positive outlook about the experience that you went through if it was a tough one. Maybe you feel more prepared for the next time you're put in that situation. Or maybe it's one of the good feelings and you're able to feel really just happy and, and have a journal to keep those memories in. I think it is going to enable you to have a better relationship with your dog because you are going to be more mindful about the experiences that you are going through with them. But like I said, it's also going to give you a space to feel some of those big feelings that maybe you normally would have just bottled up. And dogs can sense your stress and your anxiety more than we realize or more than we like to think. And so even just by giving yourself and allowing yourself to have that space to feel those feelings and kind of process it, that will directly affect you and your dog and your relationship with them. I just find that having a dog can be really emotionally charged, especially if they are reactive or you have to go through a lot of training. It can be very frustrating and very defeating at times, but then there's also like really good moments that you want to document so that you can have that hope and that encouragement. And so that is really what I'm looking to do. Our dogs play such a huge role in our life that If you don't work out your emotions with them, it will eventually seep into the rest of your life and affect you in multiple, multiple ways because I know from personal experience, (laughs) but on the bright side, we are on the up and up. Me and Layla are great now. I've talked about it before, but at one point I did feel some resentment towards her. Anyways, be on the lookout for some market research, some journals, maybe an opportunity to do a one-on-one call so that I can talk to you personally and get feedback and just be on the lookout. I'm really excited and I love to hear your feedback about it. And yeah, I'm just so excited. Transitioning a bit into this week's episode, we are talking to Tia from Crimson the Cavapoo, and she is such an awesome dog mom. I can't say enough. 
but it is also Black History Month, and Tia is a really great representative for the Black dog parent community. She is a huge advocate, a, a just such a resource if you ever want to know anything, and a huge resource for the Black-owned pet industry. So she is doing a series of live events this month if you want to go to her page and check it out. And I think they're going to be super informative and really inspiring. And I think it's going to be a really great opportunity to learn more about diversifying the pet community, which is what we are going to talk about today in the episode. Tia and her one-year-old Red Male Cavapoo Crimson have made their purpose to amplify the black voice for pet parents and pet industries on their Instagram. Crimson is a pandemic puppy who came into Tia's life at the perfect time. The pandemic was beginning to take a large toll on her mental health, and she was in a low place. When she brought Crimson home, she immediately realized that he needed a routine, and therefore she needed a routine. She says taking care of Crimson has become a part of her own self-care, and that she takes pride in his well-being because it is a direct reflection of her own. Beyond being an inspiration for Tia's mental health and a vehicle to promote diversity in the pet industry, Crimson is also a little ball of energy that can't get enough fetch time. I am super excited to get into this conversation, but before we do, we are going to do our happies and crappies for the week. My crappy for the week is these residual feelings from COVID, so I still have a stuffy nose, I still have a cough, I still have a bit of brain fog every once in a while, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very, very blessed that it's just that and nothing else. My happy is just my journal announcement. I'm so excited. I've been kind of keeping it a secret. I've told a few people, but I'm just really excited to announce it, and I received a lot of great feedback from it, and so I'm excited that you're excited. I'm going through the happies and crappies that you all sent in. I feel like there were so many happies this time. However, a lot of people for their crappies just said that their anxiety was up. Like, was Mercury in retrograde? I don't know. But anyways... To read some of your alls, I want to read this one specifically. So, this person successfully finished their first round of boarding trains, which is so exciting to me. I know this person, and I'm just really, really proud of them. But their crappy was that their dog has been a little bit more reactive and nervous barking has increased. I feel like it's pretty normal for if there was a big change in your life for your dog to kind of have these reactivity moments pop back up or like regress a little bit and so I feel like this isn't something extremely abnormal but I also know this person and I know that they're going to get their dog back on track no problem. This other person's happy was that their 14 week old puppy is pawing at hidden low blood sugar samples already which I think is so cool. I think that's absolutely amazing but then they said R.I.P. to my sweatpants, no match for puppy play biting. <laughs> that wraps up our happies and crappies. I hope you all have a great rest of your week, a great weekend if you are listening to this on Thursday or Friday. And if you like this episode, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review if you are on Apple and 
follow and rate if you are on Spotify. It would be very much appreciated. But without further ado, let's get into how to be more inclusive as a dog owner with Tia Salmon. So today we have Tia Salmon with us. That's how you say your last name, right? Salmon, just like the fish. Okay. I wanted, wanted to be sure. I probably should have asked you prior to. And she is the dog mom of Crimson, the red cabapoo, which I have to tell you, I had a red poodle, a red toy poodle growing up. So he wasn't as fluffy as Crimson because Crimson is like a little bit longer hair, mm-hmm. but he, it, they, they, they were the same color, which I thought was really cute whenever I was looking at some pictures of, of Crim. And when I was little, I told my mom, I want a dog with the same color hair as me because my, my parents both had brown hair. So I was like, I really want a dog with the same color hair as me. So, so they got me, um, my, my dog Shakespeare, who I had growing up, but I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, having me. Yeah, of course. Um, if you want, go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you all are currently doing and, and how you are. Well, I'm good. It's 75 degrees here in. So nice. Yeah, but the weather's so up and down. So mm-hmm. it'll be 35 today, 38 tomorrow. So weather's really up and down these days. Crimson's at daycare. So that's really, that's really exciting. That's why I have peace and quiet today. Yeah. <laughs> but I do I definitely do miss him. But um, so of course, my name is Tia. I'm originally from Maryland and I moved to Dallas about five years ago. And when I moved here, I'd been talking about getting a dog for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, but I wanted to wait. I wanted to wait a little while until I was settled to see if I was really actually, in fact, going to settle in Dallas. And then I bought a house. And so when I bought the house, I said, okay, well, now the house feels incomplete. I have to get a dog. And then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. So that just kind of threw all of my plans off because I just, you know, just obviously like looking for dogs, looking for breeders, like a lot of that had kind of come to a halt. Yeah. Um, because you just didn't know what was going on. And so I've had Crimson now almost a year and a half and I don't remember life. I legitimately don't remember life before him. Like my, I was telling my mom, the yeah. other day, I was telling my mom the other day that there's not a time that we speak and we speak on the phone every day. And there's not a time that we don't speak. There's not a time that we speak. And at least 70% of the conversation is about crimson yeah crimson what did crimson do today reminiscing about crimson i mean he is just such he is just he is just such a a normal part of my routine mm-hmm. one of the biggest parts of my life and i i thank god for him all the time that's amazing i going back to what you said about not remembering life before him i feel like a lot of people feel like they can't remember what life was like prior to the pandemic anyways. That it's too. Just, it's just hard to, to think about. How did you decide that you wanted a Cavapoo? So, um, so I have, this is probably TMI, but I have really bad <laughs> sinuses, right? Yeah. So I have sinus issues. I had sinus issues growing up, moved to Texas and my sinus issues went through the roof. And I don't mm-hmm. know 
just like the different allergens they have down here. I'm not familiar with my nose, not accustomed to and the up and down weather. So I say all that to say that I needed a dog that was like non-shedding mm-hmm. and allergenic. And so by default, that kind of put me like in the doodle category. And so to be honest, I really didn't know a whole bunch about like the doodle, like the doodles. I just knew that they were considered quote unquote designer dogs. Yeah. And so I was just looking up a whole bunch of them. I had heard about golden doodles and in general, I've always been one of those people that likes to go against the grain. So yeah, you wanted something a little different. I wanted something different. I wanted a different dog. Everybody seemed to have a golden doodle or, or, or some other like variation. And I was like, or I'd heard a lot about like multi poos and, and so, um, I wanted something different. And so I started doing research just kind of about their temperaments and everything else. And I knew for whatever, I knew I wanted a red dog. I don't know. Yeah. What it was. I can't explain to you why I wanted a red dog. I just saw a few of them and I was like, oh my gosh. They it drew like, you in. Yeah, they <laughs> like little teddy bears. I must have one. So I was like, I was, I remember I was Googling like teddy bear breed. Like I was looking for like a teddy bear dog. And this picture of this on Google, this random picture of this dog came up and I looked at it and then underneath the picture, underneath the picture, like the image, it said Cavapoo. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me look this up. I looked up Cavapoo. They had Cockapoo and Cavapoo. So then I kind of narrowed it down between a Cockapoo and a Cavapoo. And they're very, very similar. Mm -hmm. So like you see Cockapoos, like I've seen a lot of Cockapoos that look exactly like Crimson. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just, that picture and that image of that dog that I saw on Google was just stuck in my head. And I was like, no, I'm going to get a Cavapoo. And that's really how I, I decided on it. It started with the fact that I needed something that was non-shedding and hypoallergenic. Um, I wanted a smaller dog. I like the idea that like Cavapoos usually only are only about 12 to 25 pounds. Like mm-hmm. you don't have like the minis. It's not like golden doodles where you have the Yes. Standard size. You have a medium golden doodle that could be maybe 40 pounds or 55 pounds, or you have like a, a toy, a toy or a mini, like there was none of that. I was like, that's getting far too complicated because I've heard so many instances of people that, um, just being too big or too small. Yeah. I think that they're getting, like, I have a couple friends that, um, they rescued a dog and they rescued the dog at nine weeks and they were told that their dog was going to be 30 pounds and their dog's a hundred pounds now. And so that, that was definitely a fear of mine that I was going to get something I wasn't going to, I wasn't like, I wasn't prepared for, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to love my dog regardless. So, I mean, like if Crimson turned out to be a hundred pounds, then I guess I would just have a hundred pound dog, but I just wanted to make sure that like, I was like mentally, financially and everything prepared. For but, sure. Yeah. I like the fact that the cab was, I was looking for a dog that was like 15 pounds, and the Cavapoo was just kind of in that range. So. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. And that's, I think that's kind of the mindset that my parents went in or my mom went in whenever she got me a dog um, or like our family dog growing up. I was about, I was eight years old. I had just turned eight. And yeah, we got like a little toy red poodle. So kind of looked like crimson, but not as fluffy. And a little bit like curlier hair, but still like the same size, probably like a similar body structure. So I want to go ahead and get into the questions because we have a lot to talk about today. (laughs) And in your questionnaire, you had said something about that Crimson helped 
you love yourself more. And like you just said, you just can't even remember life before him. So I want to ask you, what are some of the ways that he has shown this to you, that you helped you love yourself more? And has it been something that's developed over time or was there like certain incidents that are memorable? I think it's things that have kind of happened over time. So um, I think as I had um, mentioned to you when we spoke before, um, Crimson saved my mental health. Like Mm -hmm. I I think in the pandemic, I was definitely, I don't think I had realized it at the time. Like, so at the beginning of the, so first of all, like I work from, I have like a full-time job and I work from Mm -hmm. home. And so I had been teleworking long before I've been teleworking for years. So in terms of work, in terms of like my day-to-day work, my life didn't change that much with the pandemic, but just between everything, I watch the news a lot in general. So mm-hmm. just watching the news, everything going on. And then it was like, I would look forward to getting out on the weekends because I was essentially stuck at home during the week working. So then that was taken away from me, quote unquote, you know what I mean? Because yeah. of the pandemic. And so, but like my friends and I, we were on Google Duo. I don't know, know if you were familiar with like house party, like house. Party. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, house party was a time. Like we used to be on the like all day, all night talking because everybody was in the house. Mm-hmm. We had a great time. And so for a long time, those things were kind of sustaining me. And then like I decided to sit down and like binge Grey's Anatomy. Like, so I had all these random things that I was doing to occupy my time. But I don't for but I had no routine. Yeah. And like no consistency. Even. No consistency. I, I struggled with that too whenever the pandemic first started. Yep. So I was going to sleep three, four, five o'clock in the morning. I was a zombie for work. So I was tired in the middle of the day, but I can't sleep because mm-hmm. I have to do work. So I'm like doing things to keep myself awake. And then I'm starting the cycle over. I wasn't eating properly because I like had a gym membership, wasn't going to the gym anymore. Yeah. Um, like all of these things were just kind of settling in. Um, I was eating like I wasn't eating like breakfast, lunch and dinner. Like I wasn't eating at normal times. Like I remember there was one time I looked and I was like, it was 1 a.m. I'm like, am I really eating something <laughs> at 1 a.m.? Like those sort of things. Like I was falling asleep on the couch mm-hmm. and like it was like I was like, all right, I know I fall asleep on the couch because my couch is really comfortable. I was like, no, Tia, you need to get up, go upstairs, get in bed. And Mm -hmm. I just wasn't doing those things. And after a while, it just started to take a toll on me. And so what happened is that like, I just wasn't feeling physically and mentally good about myself Mm -hmm. because I had no routine. I had no order. And I just, as I've gotten older, I've realized that I'm very like, I'm very disorganized, like outside of work and everything else. Like I'm just not an organized person. I get things done, but like, I think I thrive under pressure, unfortunately. Oh my gosh. I do too. It's, it's bad. It's been like one of my goals for this year is to make sure that I don't procrastinate as much because like you said, I really thrive under pressure, but then sometimes I will wait too long on some things and then I crash. Yep. Or, or like I'll, I'll have this or like I'll miss an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yes. That, and that's something that's, that's really bothered me. And so I was, I just, I had no routine. And so when I got crimson, obviously when I got crimson, I started, I had, I had no choice. I had to start a routine. I had to start a routine right away. And I had to start a routine right away because like I got crimson at nine weeks. And so we're talking about 
like I'd never trained, I'd never um, potty trained a dog, mm-hmm. great trained a dog. I'd never spent like, he was my first dog. Like I'd never yeah. spent this much time with, um, with an animal before. And so I think him forcing me to find a routine in the process of him forcing me to find a routine, obviously like 80 to 90% of my life, the first couple of months was just dedicated to him. Yeah. I had to just be so cognizant of everything going on with him. But though, but the fact that I was able to like establish these routines with him in between that, I was able to now start establishing better routines for myself. And for so, sure. I, yeah, so I started feeling better physically. I started feeling better mentally. And I, part of me feeling better mentally was just admitting that I was in a bad place mentally. I think that's like, that's something that like, I think it took me a while. I don't know if it was like in hindsight, but like, it took me a while to even just feel comfortable talking about that with people. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not like, I am Tia and I was mentally in a bad place. Like I'm not eating with that, but (laughs) like, you know, when people, I was able to say like, no, I wasn't fine. Mm-hmm. I'm used to just, I'm always the friend, always the person. People are like, what's going on? Everything good? Yep. Everything's good. Like I keep it really simple. And I was finally, it was, I was able to say, no, everything's not good. Like I've kind of mentally been in a low place. It's been, you know, it's felt like I've lived alone for so long, but it actually like felt lonely, lonely. Mm-hmm. for the first time. And so like, yeah, establishing those routines with him definitely helped me, um, definitely helped me establish routines for myself and make myself feel better. And then on top of that, I like, I have a job, I have a full-time job. So I'm an accountant. Mm -hmm. I was a major in school. And so like accounting, you know, just being fully honest, like accounting pays the bills. Like I, I, I'm not leaving my job anytime soon, but it's not my passion. And so part of me has been, had still been on the search for a passion. And the older I got, the more I was feeling like, are you ever going to figure this out? Like I'm like, I was doing this, unfortunately I was doing this thing where I'm comparing myself to other people or mm-hmm. looking at their peers and they look like they have it all together or they figured it out. And I'm like, Tia, why haven't you figured it out? Of course I find out every time I say that I I'm quickly humbled and realize that nobody really hasn't figured it out. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Everybody is just struggling. Everybody's just struggling and kind of dealing with it in their own way. And so kind of figuring out, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna like I've blogged before. Like mm-hmm. I used to like run like a music blog when I was in DC. Okay, cool. I've done things like that before. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I was like, you know, maybe I can start a social media page for Crimson. Oh, just for sure. You have to show off his pictures. Yeah, I was like, just something to do. <laughs> but I didn't want to be that annoying dog mom that was like you know, everybody's dog is cute. So like, am I really going to dedicate the time to do this? Mm-hmm. And so like I had, um, I got crimson. Let's say I got crimson on a Tuesday. The following Saturday was the, um, the first annual pet summit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 I remember you talking about this in this or the, this past year's pet summit, you had spoken, um, yeah. about, you first watching the pet summit. <laughs> I, I had was had been home nine days. He sat in my lap, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? Let me just watch this pet summit and, and see just what's kinda, going on. Just see what's going on. I had no clue what I was going to do, and I was like, oh, I could make this into like a brand or a business. Like it's the, the wheels in my head started turning, and I was like, oh, and just the distraction from my job, the distraction from everything horrible going on in the world. I just like 
I just became really tunnel vision mm-hmm. on like kind of focusing on building Krim's brand. And like, I, like I'm circling back to your question because I think part of me finding something I was passionate about or like a passion project has helped me also love myself more. Oh my goodness. I love that for you. Right. Thank you so much. Because I feel like part of me also feeling down aside from the pandemic is because I've been searching for a deeper purpose and I haven't been able to find it. I was getting frustrated. And then I don't know about anybody else, but like being at home in the pandemic, like all I did was have time to sit down and Mm -hmm. think about the fact that I haven't found my passion yet, as opposed to pre-pandemic. I had time, but I was, it was easy for me to distract myself and do things. So like the silver lining, the very thin silver lining to the pandemic is that it forced me to really like level up. Mm-hmm. Be like, all right, Tia, like you can't, you can't continue to be in this. You have to find something. And I d- had no idea that I would find it through. It never occurred to me that I'd find it through getting my dog. I just mm-hmm. kind of, getting my dog. I was like, oh, it'll just be company. And it'll just be cool. Learning to raise a dog. I just never thought that the two would combine, would combine. And I would like killing two birds with one stone. And so like, yeah, it's just, it's between raising him and just kind of building a brand around him has really helped me like, yeah, love myself more because I feel passionate about what I'm doing. So that I relate to that so much. I think a lot of people can relate to the pandemic kind of, it, it took away all those distractions that we normally have. And I would agree or, or say that a lot of people relate to having a lot of time to sit there and just think because there was nothing else to do. I will say where you went into this kind of knowing, like, I want to find like my higher purpose I didn't go into the pandemic or didn't go into like this phase of my life searching for that. However, I feel like I came out with the same outcome as you as having this, having getting a dog and also like combining something else that I'm really interested in, really passionate about, which is like the mental health side and like emotions and emotional well-being and combining those two and building something from that. So I feel like it's, it's, we relate so much. And when I say like, I love that for you, it's because I know how good it feels for me. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I know how great she feels. And it's, it's like just fuzzy. It gives me fuzzy feelings. Yeah, no. And it it feels just so much better to be able to relate to someone like, yeah, I explained it to you, but like, even without me going into like hours of detail, you get it. Yes. But that's so comforting. Cause it makes you feel, I'm like, wow, I'm not, I always just, you always look like, like, oh, I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm alone in something like, oh, I'm the only one thinking. Or misunderstood. This. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, you know, my mom doesn't get it. My friend doesn't get it while I'm, why I'm like posting on Instagram or whatever. Um, why I take so much time to write out captions, but it's like, no, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. So you you touched on this a little bit about how Crimson saved your mental mental health by forcing you into structure and giving you that creative outlet. And and you said like you did not really expect that. And, and you you for or he forced you into those. Um, was, yeah, this was what it was. I was thinking about it whenever you were talking about like the potty breaks and the the food breaks that regimen you say, you know, whenever, especially whenever they're first, um, 
when you first get them, you have to take them out like every three or four hours. And you're like, okay, what am I going to do during that three or four hour period that I don't have to walk him or that he can be in his crate really forces you to like actually start chunking out your time and prioritizing a few things. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, that is the first thing I thought about whenever you were, you were saying like, you know, I had to do potty breaks and, and food time and, and whatnot. But I loved how you explained all of that. So you, you really answered this, this next question already about you had no idea that, that you were going to combine these two and, and get to the place that you are. So I want to go into like your Instagram now a little bit. So you said that you, you got uh, Crimson and then you watched the pet summit. And I want to ask, how did you find that so quickly after getting a dog, like the pet summit? How did you know about that? So I, I, I'm trying to remember, I'm almost sure that I was just doing, they must've been running some ads or something on True. Instagram okay. because they, because 2020 was the first year that they had done the pet summit. Mm-hmm. They must've been running ads or something. And no lie. I think I found it like four or five days after I got them. And it just, it felt like, I'm like, this has to be God. <laughs> this has to be God. Like I found something like this, like, Oh, something with with like pet entrepreneurs, pet businesses. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can learn about like pet businesses that exist. So that's really how I, I'm almost sure that it was like some sort of ad that was run. I clicked. Okay, gotcha. I saw that it was coming up like in a couple of days. I was like, well, I'm in the house not doing anything. Oh, I'm definitely. Yeah, I have nothing better to do. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm definitely signing up for this. I was so excited. I was like telling all my friends. I was like, guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to a summit it's called the pet summit. And they were just all rolling their eyes at me. Like, are you serious? Now it's just like, now part of the norm, they get it now. But at the first, at first I was so excited and everybody was just giving me the side eye because a pet summit, who had heard of a summit about pets? I know. And sorry, what were you saying? No, that was it. Okay. And to give people reference, the, the pet summit is kind of just this like online conference with, um, different entrepreneurs, different people in the pet space, influencers kind of just give, they have like group talks and then they also have like pre-recorded sessions, um, on different topics. And Tia actually did a session this past year in 2021 where she, she, it was so informative, I've thought, and it was a five or six step list. I can't remember the exact number, but it was either five or six steps where she told you how she found her niche and these like actionable tasks that you can do to also find your niche. So I want to ask you, how did you even determine your, your niche Tia? And I know you like talk about it in the, in the pet summit conference that I'm, I'm speaking of, but just kind of recap, like how you found your, your idea or your purpose for what you do now on Instagram. So it started with a Google search, same Google search. It started with a Google search. So I'm just one of those people that naturally, like I try to support black owned brands if I can, like if black owned brands exist for something that I'm looking for, like I will like try to support them. I'm, I am somebody that I, I try to support. I'm all about quality. So I'm not going to go with any brand, whether it's a black owned brand or another Mm -hmm. brand 
um, if it's not a quality brand. But if we're talking quality, if quality is comparable, then I do like to support black owned brands because I know like I know how meaningful it is for a lot of, of like black owned businesses, small businesses to get this support. For sure. like, hey, well, I'm going to have a dog. Let me look up some pet brands. And I did a Google search and I was seeing like the same seven to 10 um, black owned pet brands. And I was seeing them like on blogs. So like, I wasn't seeing them in, um, I wasn't seeing them like on, and blogs, I'm talking about people's personal blogs as opposed mm-hmm. to like a blog post for like a bigger company or something like that. So I was coming across the same seven to 10. And I said, there's no way there's just seven to 10 black owned pet businesses out here. So I was trying to figure out, I was like, is, are there really not a lot of black owned pet businesses or is it that they're just not, people just don't know about them. Mm-hmm. And so that was really, honestly, if I would have done a Google search and if I would have come up with 30 or 40 brands, I probably wouldn't have gone and I probably wouldn't have gone in this direction, but that it helped me kind of figure out that this was like an untapped market. Mm-hmm. So I started, so then at the same time, I started doing search searches for like black pet creators and could barely come up with any, like, I think even now, even now I probably know less than 20, like mm-hmm. creators, like in terms of like, that are like really serious, not like, not like dog moms or dog dads that are just like sporadically posting, but like creators that are like really, really focused on building their brand. I probably know less than 20 now. And maybe there's some others that exist that I don't know about. It's very hard for me to believe because I did a lot of research, Mm -hmm. but that was another thing. And I'm like, man, the pet industry, I believe, is it like, it's either like I was on Clubhouse the other day and they were talking about, it's like the number 11 or number 13, like largest industry in the world. Really? I had no idea it was that big. And I'm like, and I believe it, the money that the pet industry is bringing in right now, like when you read about, I have a friend that works at a capital fund and one of his clients is like, um, is like, he does like pet insurance and he's like Mm -hmm. the money that is in pet insurance. I already knew about the money that like people go into breeding. I mean, look how expensive some of these dogs are. So breeding's really lucrative. Looking at like pet insurance, pet insurance is really lucrative. Like the amount of money that vets make. Mm-hmm. that's make, but then like, you're looking like, unfortunately, like there's a very high suicide rate amongst like black vets. So like, I'm doing all this research and finding all these things out. And I, it just, it had me more intrigued. Like, no, I need to tap into this. Cause I need to figure out like why they're not more black pet creators. And if they're not, then this is the perfect opportunity for me to, to come out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And, and use my voice to kind of talk about the fact that that um, to either encourage people that may be on the fence, people may be on the fence just because they're introverts, or they may be on the fence because they feel like these companies aren't going to give us an opportunity anyway. So why bother? So I kind of wanted to, I, I found my niche because I was like, I kind of wanted to be that liaison. I started thinking about like, what would I want? Like, what would I want somebody to do? If, um, if what they, information would you want? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I, I want to, it really started off with just kind of highlighting black owned pet businesses. 
that's so I said I the seven to ten I found I like started buying a couple of things from then of course like crimson was a puppy so in terms of like food and treats like I was kind of mm-hmm. in the things that I was doing just because he couldn't eat a lot of those things yet but in terms of like toys and 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 other things like I started really kind of tapping into these brands and so actually it's been a it's a year now so really things really took took off last February because for Black History Month, I ended up, I believe I bought from like 10 to 20 Black-owned pet brands that month. Okay. Yes. That's awesome. And, and was it just like a variety of toys and gear and treats? Yes. Okay. It was a variety of, it was like treats. I got some paw bomb mm-hmm. from a Black-owned pet brand. I'd gotten, um, I'd gotten food, treats. I think it was like food, treats. Um, I'd gotten like a, a toy box. Like yeah. there's like a monthly, like a monthly, like theme. Oh box. yeah. Like a subscription. Yeah. So I got a subscription and so, so many, like, so the people that I highlighted, they started DMing me like, thank you so much. You don't understand how much this means to me. And it's, you know, I was happy when they did that, but it started making me think like people must not be doing this often. Mm-hmm. It must not be. So maybe people are purchasing from them, but people aren't highlighting them. So it's like you're purchasing, but you're purchased. And unless you happen to be talking to a friend that has a dog and needs and needs an item like this person, you're not necessarily marketing or advertising mm-hmm. people. And so many people will just say, I just really need a harness, for instance. Google, you know, red harness, buys it, gets it, you know, and like never even looks to see what the company's mission is or who the company founders are. So some people might have bought from that place. They just don't know that they are a black owned or small business or a woman owned business, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's how it really started. It really started with me highlighting black owned pet businesses and the more businesses I um, I started highlighting, the more people reached out to me about different things. And so from then, then it kind of, it was later on, like in the spring or so, it started kind of morphing more into, okay, well, I want to be like a voice. Like I want to be like a voice that's kind of amplifying the Black voice in the pet industry. I want to talk about things. I want to talk about um the the pay disparity between like black and white creators i want to talk about the fact that you know i mean everybody i know so many people with dogs like dogs dogs are such a commonality like especially in this country but yet like i'm not seeing diversity like when i see when i see ads when i see television commercials i'm not seeing the diversity there mm-hmm. so it's like okay there's you know there's it's not just it's not just white people or Latinas or, or um, Asian Americans. They're not the only ones like I'm just don't, with dogs, you yeah. know, black Americans have dogs. Um, you know, all of these different people have dogs Yet I'm just not seeing that diversity and that inclusion. So that became, that was like the second part of it. So I'm like, okay. So then I can, I was nervous about being a little controversial Mm-hmm. That wasn't my goal. I wasn't trying to be controversial. I'm like, you know what? I'm starting out. And I actually had a friend that had mentioned to me like, hey, you know what? Like you kind of got to walk before you climb. So you should be kind of mindful of about some of the things that you say, because it may like um, he was telling me I should kind of wait 
wait until I've quote unquote made it before I start saying these things, kind of making these comments. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know what, get into a position and then use your power there to make change as opposed to like, quote unquote, like shaking the table from now. And I understood what he was saying. And, you know, if I ever get to that place, I do plan to make change. But I feel like you are already making change now, though, is like what I'm what I you you said that. And I don't know if you heard me, but I was like, oh, yeah, no. But I (laughs) I just kind of feel like my thing is if the things I'm saying are making a brand uncomfortable or they're or they lose interest in me, that's not a brand that I want to work with. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking, too. Like, I don't I'm not you're not you're not asking them to read your stuff. You know, they come to your page and they voluntarily read your stuff or, yeah. you know, repost your things or share, share you. So I'm like, you know what? I, I want to be an authentic voice. I just started thinking about what would resonate with me and something mm-hmm. like that would resonate with me. Somebody that was like authentic, somebody I didn't feel like was just doing it for the money. Like for instance, like, you know, Crimson now is a, an ambassador for a couple black owned brands. These are all brands that I spent my money supporting long before Mm -hmm. and would continue to do so like I that that would I'd have no problem doing so so I don't work with brands I don't believe in so it's like all those things like I wanted to I saw it the opposite way from where my friends the way yeah for sure I want to establish kind of my boundaries and where I am now and if you agree with it and we can establish a professional working relationship that's awesome but if you don't agree with it that's perfectly fine I am not going to deviate or kind of diminish what I, I'm not going to kind of diminish my morals or what I believe is right and just, just for a chance to be featured on some major Mm -hmm. platform. So. Well, when you feel so passionate about something too, like for me, there, there are some things that I just like I don't have a hard time posting because it's like I am so passionate passionate about this that I just like want to get it out there. You know what I mean? And so I feel like you probably feel feel that same way sometimes. And something else that I think of too is that like you just don't know if you post something like you don't you don't know whose hands it's going to fall into and it could fall into someone's hands or on someone's you know phone screen that really might need it that day or might need it for their friend or their family. And like, it could really make that change. Agreed. And so, you know, you may say you're shaking the table from the bottom or whatever the metaphor was that you used, but like, ultimately that can crash plates off the table. So I just, whew, that gets me going, but I'm glad that you are where you are today and that you got out of your comfort zone and are doing exactly what you're doing now, because I think it's, it's all the right things. So I want to ask you now, what are some, like, what are some reasons why, and why do you think, and how, how do you think being more inclusive on something like a pet Instagram, even though it may be some small to some people, um, why do you think being inclusive on, on that kind of social platform can translate into something bigger? Um, I think it can translate into something bigger because like really, well, first of all, kind of like the time that we're in, like Mm -hmm. a lot of things that have happened with 
social injustice, police brutality. Obviously, these things have been going on for years, but specifically the things that have happened in like the past two and a half or three years. Like I've heard more about DEI and diversity and inclusion in the past three years than I ever heard before. It seems to be like a buzzword now that people are using. So I'm like, if this is a buzzword, like, you know, we hired a DEI officer at my job. I'm hearing a lot of people at their full-time jobs have some sort of DEI officer, have some sort of diversity manager. If these things are happening in our day-to-day lives, like that should be able to translate to the pet space. Because like Mm -hmm. I said, like, I do not see a lot of black and brown faces in the pet space. I don't see them representing some of these on these major platforms. I just don't see it. And so I think the importance of like inclusion is that one, it like, imagine it's like, it's like when little girls like, or like when little girls or little guys, like, it's like when little kids see like Steph Curry, right? Yeah. Steph Curry (laughs) and they see Steph Curry shooting and they're like, Hey, he was just like me. If he can do this, so can I. It's sort of like the same thing. Like when you see a black or brown face, like in an industry where you feel like you've either been marginalized or pigeonholed, it's a big deal. It gives you confidence. And I remember like, um, actually it's you, um, I forgot exactly what you had said that reminded me. Oh, you were saying you just never know like how we can get into like, how like a message can get into the mm-hmm. right hands or whatever the case is. So I had done, um, I had put out this reel one day and I was really nervous about the reel. It's like, I don't know how this reel is going to go. And the reel ended up going viral. And as a, as a result of the reel, Good Morning America contacted me. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So Good Morning America contacted me and I did this wonderful interview with them about like the lack of black representation, like in the pet space. And so what I was able to do is like, um, in, in the, um, in the um, segment that they produced, um, Crimson had on these two bandanas mm-hmm. from a Black-owned brand. And so what ended up happening is that that Black-owned brand, she was able to use, she was able to use that content to market her own things. And I remember she DM'd me specifically, it was like, Tia, you don't know how much this means to me and my small business. She was like, you doing this gave me confidence. And that's all I needed to hear. I started to cry. Yeah, that is oh, for all sure. I needed to hear because I said, okay, I'm starting to find my purpose here. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's all. I just need one person. I don't need a hundred people. Like I got, you know, a lot of support, but I just needed to hear from one person that, hey, this made me feel more confident in being a small business and being a woman owned business and being a black woman owned business. And really like marketing and advertising myself and feeling like I belong. Mm-hmm. That was really important to me. And so I think like that opportunity kind of like opened that door. And then what I I will say I've noticed, I'm sure it was around before, but I'm noticing a lot more people have become a little bit more open to talking about like race and talking mm-hmm. about diversity and inclusion in the pet space. Like I'm seeing a couple other black creators kind of doing the same thing. And that makes me feel good because it, it makes me like there's power in numbers. Like mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, if I was the only one, then 
I, it is what it is. I would do it, but it's like I said, there's powers and numbers. And it's nice to know that there are other people doing the same thing. Because if you see one person doing something, you're like, hmm, not sure if I can do that. You see 10 or 20 people doing the same thing. You're like, wow, this seems attainable now. Yes, for sure. Yeah. It doesn't seem like I'm reaching for the stars anymore. It just seems like I'm reaching across the table and I can get it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's what makes it really, it's just something that it's just something that kind of builds community with us. I think it's something that's really like informative and educational for other races. I think it's something that keeps people like cognizant and accountable. Like I had put up a, a, a post a couple of weeks ago about, Hey, like, for people that are like ambassadors of these companies, like, do you know who the other ambassadors are? Um, are the other, like, are they diverse? Mm-hmm. Are they diverse. Or if you are a, a brand and you're hiring ambassadors or hiring influencers, are you hiring like an, a, like a diverse, like a diverse amount of them? group of people, yeah, mm-hmm. people. And one woman reached out to me. She had just started her own business and, you know, she's like, thank you. She's like, I'm going to be honest. This is something I hadn't thought of, but I'm so happy that you said something. Cause this is something that like, she's like, my group right now isn't diverse and I need mm-hmm. to diversify that. You're right. That's another thing that made me feel good. Only one person. I just need one person to get it. Yeah. A whole bunch of people to get well, it. And that like one person here and one person there can branch out over time more because they might tell someone else like this, the small business owner, they, might go to their their friend who owns another small business, regardless if it's a pet space business or not. They might question them, hey, like, what does your, are your ambassadors, like, do you have diversity throughout your ambassadors? Like, you know, is your customer base, like, how you're marketing, does it reach everyone? Like, all, all these different questions can kind of, like, um, snowball, I guess, into, into something so much bigger. Yep. I love that. And so you just kind of named off one way that we can make sure that we're supporting diversity in the pet space just by asking those questions and um, like questioning uh, the diversity within the ambassadors and questioning like if you know even like the founders of the brands that you are buying from. But what are some of the other ways that we can support more diversity in the pet space? I think it's just, um, other than that, I think it's just doing things like this, like having candid, whether it's, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's like on the phone, whether it's, mm-hmm. I think it's building community to me, like the top thing above all is building community. I think as you build community and you network and you really get comfortable with people, I think it's easier to just have those type of conversations and through just kind of having those type of fluid conversations, I think they become really educational because like I, it's like my goal isn't to, to demean anyone or make anyone feel like they need to revamp their, you know, their whole method. You need to do what is best for yourself. But all I'm saying is that if you are trying to attract diverse consumers, then you need to be marketing in a diverse way. And so, cause like, it doesn't make sense. It's not going to resonate if it's, if what you're doing, how you're marketing and advertising yourself, what people see like mm-hmm. with their own eyes, if those things are not diverse, how do you expect it to resonate with everybody? Unless for sure, we're only trying to target a certain people. And then a lot of, you know, with these com- larger companies, their bottom line is money. So if your bottom line is money, 
you want to attract everybody, which yeah. means you, you know, you kind of need diversity. So I think other, like, I really do think building community, having these kind of conversations, like including people, like giving, like you have just like yourself, like, I can't tell you how humbled and thankful I am that you even reached out to me. Like I've had a great time in this conversation so far, just doing things just as simple as this, just like inviting me on your podcast or just like, Hey, like, um, like Brittany, Brittany is awesome. For sure. Brittany has reached out to me. Like Brittany saw like a couple ads for target or she, and she's like, Hey, here is this media person's contact, reach out to them, see Mm -hmm. if free creators like, Hey, I know this is going on for black history month, reach out to so-and-so like stuff like that has just like, she has just been a blessing. And I didn't ask her to do any of these things. These are just things that she's doing on her own accord because she just gets it because it's like, it's, there's no competition here. Like, I want to see us all win. We all have different niches. So it's not like, oh, well, if she helps me out and gives me a contact, I'm going to step on her toes. Like yeah. I'm running completely different races. For sure. You know I mean? And so like, I think just building community, supporting one another by doing things like that, like sharing some of your opportunities. I, I really do think, like I said, just, hey, you're working with these brands, like have an idea about some of the brands that you're working with. Like, is there any diversity there? Like kind of see, you know, just keeping those things in mind. I think those are the best ways to support um, diversity inclusion. I think those are some of the best ways. Yeah. I I love that. And how you said, you know, the, the pet space, like everyone has pets. Like you said, they, they're all shooting for the same goal of making a lot of money, which is, is the goal for every company, I guess. But like you said, you know, pets aren't just a white people thing, or they're not just like a male thing or, um, you know, a Latina thing, like how you were saying, like, it's not just like one specific group of people that own pets. It's everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think about that same way too. When I think about mental health, I think, you know, if I'm an advocate for mental health, I'm not just aiming to get like mental health resources to women or like just to white women or whatever. It's like, I want everyone to have a really good headspace, a really good like mental space because it just makes the world a better place. Agreed. And like the world is made up of everyone, not just one, one race, one gender, one sexuality, whatever. It's like inclusive language and inclusivity is mental illness prevention. Talk about it. So I, I love how you, how you worded that. And that's what, what it made me think of I so, love mental illness <laughs> prevention. I love that. That is the absolute truth for sure. For sure. So right before we wrap it up, I ask, or I try to ask this question to everyone. I've, I've missed one, missed asking one guest this question, which kind of bums me out, but <laughs> what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you? Having a dog mom mentality. Wow. If you would have asked me this before I got crimson, I would have been like, what is dog mom mentality? But I think it's just having, it's just, it's really like embracing, embracing your four-legged child as like a part of your family, as part of your routine. I think it's, um, 
I think it's understanding the importance of a dog mom. You know, a lot of people just hear a lot of people just kind of turn up because they don't understand. They'll Mm -hmm. turn up their nose at dog mom, like, oh, you know, you're not a real mom. And it's just, and I, you know, I'm like, you sound very, very ignorant because I am taking care. I'm taking care of a, a live, a live animal. Like I am taking care of there, a dog relies on me. Like my dog cannot eat without me. My dog cannot go on walks without me. Like my dog, you know, like, and with dogs, you know how like dogs wear their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like their humans are their entire lives. Their existence is to please their humans. And so I'm like, I am absolutely a mother. I just happen to be a mother of a four-legged child. Yes. <laughs> I think just dog, a dog mom mentality is just having a, it's just like having a positive mentality, having a very community oriented mentality. I think it's having a very grace, a very graceful mentality Mm -hmm. because I have, you know, I have to give myself a lot of grace. I I relate so much to a lot of your videos because like, you know, like dealing with reactive dogs, dealing with having to train your dogs, those things are frustrating. Mm -hmm. And anybody that can act like it's not is lying. (laughs) For sure. We all have days where like we're disappointed. We all have days where we look back and we can say we can do better with things. And I think having a dog, but it's like with a dog, they're so forgiving Mm -hmm. things in like 30 seconds. He's like, it's okay. I love you anyway. And so I think like having a dog mom mentality is definitely like helped me just overall. My life has just given me more grace Mm -hmm. and has given me more like patience and given me and like taught me a lot more about forgiveness because that's what yes that's, that's what crimson does for me every day and so in that regard that's helped me that's helped me like as a woman that's helped my own that's kind of helped my own mental space like i just i don't sweat the small i don't sweat sweat the small stuff anymore mm-hmm. and i know that just kind of becoming a dog mom and kind of getting into that mindset has really, really helped me with that. So yes, I would think, like I said, I think it's just about being positive, being patient. That's all part of a dog mom mentality, offering a lot of grace to yourself, knowing Mm -hmm. that things are not going to be perfect, but just like our dogs forgive us in 30 seconds. It's really important that in general, we kind of, you know, forgive ourselves and just really just um, supporting each other and kind of building community around each other. Because a lot of people, if they don't have a dog, they don't understand. Yeah. They don't understand how the dog community rolls. They don't understand how the dog mom community is strong. They don't know how important it is, especially when you're like trying to build a brand, how important it is to have that kind of support, support. system. Yep, mm-hmm. that support system. It's it I I just I wouldn't be here without it. So yeah, yeah. I, that, that's all encompassing to a, a dog mom mentality to me. Oh, I love that. And it really does like circle back up to to the answer of your first question of how. Crimson really like saved your mental health and exactly. gave you some space to, to let you love yourself more. So I loved this conversation. Oh, I God. loved having you on Tia. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. For we, the invite. Of course. Yeah. I'm so glad that, that we got this chance. So before we wrap it up, um, where can everyone find you and also throw in where they can find your good morning America interview, please. Yes. So you can find me, my, my primary platform is Instagram. So you can find us at instagram.com backslash crimson, the cavapoo. 
So you can find us there under, um, when you go to our Instagram page, the link in my bio is the link to the Good Morning America interview. So you can go straight directly to there and find um, our interview there. So yeah, everything is kind of filtering there, working on some other stuff in 2022. So hopefully by next year, this time, I can say I have a couple other platforms kind of going, but Instagram is pretty much our bread and butter right now. So everything you need, you can find there, including my email address if you need to email me or anything. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, Tia. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much. up this episode if you liked it please make sure to rate review and subscribe wherever you are listening to i hope you have a great rest of your day and if nothing else i hope you get to play with your dog today Mm